Hi again, everybody. It's uh, Jungle Jim Jerome coming at you with a special edition of Inside Curling. We're giving you updates, and we want to do this uh, all the time. And today is a bit of a drag exception uh, for coming on to give you an update about what's happening around the curling world. We're going to bring you a really important announcement that just happened about the Grand Slam. We're going to uh, talk about the decision by Curling Canada to cancel the mixed doubles Olympic trials and check in on what is or what may, might be happening with the various provincial territorial playdowns for the Scotties and the Briar. Thank you to our sponsors, Sports Interaction, Coyote Tractor, Goldline, Nestle Boost, and Meridian. Uh, so, Kev, let's get right to it. Uh, before we do that, let me read the update of uh, what's happening. Uh, this is a release from the Grand Slam of Curling. As COVID numbers continue to rise across the country, Sportsnet and Pinty's Grand Slam of Curling series have made the difficult decision to cancel the upcoming Meridian Open in Camrose, previously scheduled for January 11th to the 16th. While disappointing, this decision was made to continue the pursuit of our top priority, the health and safety of the players, volunteers, fans, employees, and partners. We thank the passionate curling community of Camrose for their ongoing support of the Grand Slam series and we look forward to working with the dedicated local organizing committee to bring the world's best curlers to Camrose next season. Uh, so there it is, Kev. Um, I guess, you know, your reaction to this. Yeah, yeah, that's a real shame to have to, to do that again. And, and uh, you know, when it comes to the curling events and not being able to play them, you know, obviously it's a huge problem for the event. But, you know, Camrose is a fantastic curling community and and no doubt will welcome the Grand Slam back next season. But when we're looking at it from the team's point of view, especially the teams that are in the Olympics, Christy, the manager of the Grand Slams, had had replies from most of the teams around the world and almost all were going to come to Camrose to compete. And, and, and obviously it's... It's, it's, it's a little bit risky for the teams to do that. Um, the Scottish teams were not going to come, uh, Mirhead and, and Moet, Bruce, uh, because of the worry of getting COVID. So they're isolating in Scotland. But most of the other teams were going to come to Gamrose because uh, there hasn't been a major Grand Slam, major event other than the Europeans in late November and the last Grand Slam in early November in Chestermere, the Boost Nationals. So, um, it's a, it, it is certainly a problem for the competitors going into the Olympics because they haven't played meaningful games in a long, long time. And I think that's why the response from the top teams that are going to the Olympics um, were that they were going to come to Camrose and compete. And now all of a sudden, you know, if, if I were competing in the Olympics and you haven't played a, a real big game since early November, wow, that's a long time, Jimmy. It's uh, tough to uh, to get your footing. So you know, there's going to be some rust. We're going to, I think, we're going to see some rust the first few games of the Olympics. And as you know, if you lose, say, you know, two or three early in the week, uh, you, it's your backs against the wall quick. So um, I, I'm worried about it from the from for the curlers uh, and looking forward to the Olympics. Um, totally understandable, you know what uh, what the Grand Slam and and, and uh, decided to cancel this particular event. And then of course uh, there are two more slams this year, but that's after the Olympic Games. So uh, it's uh, it's you know disappointing, definitely, but worrisome. I'm sure for the Olympic teams. I'm sure the announcement in Alberta to cancel cameras came on the heels of uh, Dr. Dina Hinshaw, the Alberta's chief medical officer of health. I had a little press conference yesterday, a short one. Uh, and I quote, you know, this is spreading so fast and so far that 
individual case management will not substantially halt the spread. Uh, we must be taking proactive measures every day in every aspect of our lives because we should be assuming that there is someone with Omicron um, infectious in any public place we might be going into right now. Uh, the other stat was one in three people being tested uh, is testing positive. So uh, not great news uh, at all. So Warren, there, there we have it. Uh, not a surprise then that this was canceled. No, it's a, it's a very difficult time. As we look across Canada, it's such a confusing situation. Things are happening different in every province. It's changing by the moment, and I think everybody is pretty confused, among other things. But I guess all we can do at this time is just bear with it, and I think the decision that was made had to be made. But as I look again from what Kevin said, just doing a quick analysis this morning, this was going to be a great event in Camrose. On the women's side, I count eight of the teams that would have been involved, I believe, on the women's side our teams are in the Olympics. And on the men's side, I think six. So this was going to be a really important event for them to get some competitive tune-up before they hit the Olympics. And of course, I guess what we have to also still wonder, is the Olympics really going to happen? And I guess we're not going to know that probably for another couple of weeks, but uh, who knows? Curling Canada announced just before Christmas that because of COVID concerns, the Canadian Olympic mixed doubles trials slated for Portage la Prairie this week. Uh, would be cancelled. It was also suggested in the same announcement that Curling Canada, with the assistance of Own the Podium and the Canadian Olympic Committee, would appoint a team to represent Canada in Beijing. What's this all about, Warren? I reached out to Curling Canada this morning and sort of asked, what's the schedule for making an announcement of who the representative will be? And they really haven't determined that as yet because they're still discussing it all. We put a post up on our Facebook group a few days ago and asked the question, of what people think uh, should happen with regard to who represents Canada. And I think we had, last time I checked, 115 comments. So there's quite a diversification. Uh, I put out a suggestion initially. I said, well, Gallant and Peterman are the number one ranked mixed doubles team in Canada. They're going to be at the Olympics anyway. Maybe it's time to put the rule in the corner that says you can only play in either men's, women's, or mixed doubles and not both and simply appoint that team as Canada's representatives. Interesting enough, a lot of people uh, seem to side with that and, and think that that might be a logical approach to take. Um, others thought that maybe it should be the next team in line, which if we take a look at the next team, it's the Brent, Joan, or Brent uh, Lang, Jennifer Jones team, which of course they're not eligible either. And then the third one is the Martin Griffith mixed doubles team, who are Kind of a dedicated mixed doubles uh, pair that this is what they seem to shine in and have done pretty well with it over time. And uh, many people thought that's who should be appointed. Uh, if I was to make a guess, I would kind of think that that's the way things will go. But who knows? Kevin, what do you think? As the rules sit today, if you can't do both uh, men's or women's and mixed doubles, um, then there's not a lot of decision to be made if, if they're going to follow the rules. But if you're going to kind of change the rules on the fly, which is possible, um, then you could also have uh, Lisa Weigel and Mark Kennedy both play uh, mixed doubles. They don't play mixed doubles together, but both uh, alternates um, at the Olympics. So they're both going to be there. So that's another option. But of course, not being teammates and all of a sudden thrown into Olympic Games, <laughs> that's a little bit of a questionable thing. Um, to me, though, uh, I don't really understand why, if your country is lucky enough to have a Gretzky like a Bruce Mowat, um, 
why you wouldn't play both. I, I don't really understand um, if you're lucky enough to have that. I do understand um, people talk about El- or Canada having great depth of curlers. Oh, we have lots of curlers. No, well, we do. Actually, we have great curlers. But if you're lucky enough to ever have a really great one, why wouldn't you uh, play in both? So that's kind of interesting. That'll have to be something discussed. Which way they're going to go? I think it just comes down to, I, I know, in my opinion, um, Gallant and Peterman are probably our best chance at getting on the podium. Getting on a podium and curling now is so difficult. We need to send our very best, and I, I really think they are our best chance. So I'd like to see Curling Canada go that way. But if you take the rules the way they are and you can't curl in both, then, uh, yeah, Tyrell and, and Nancy um, – would be the choice um i think that would be the the proper choice rules wise as rules sit today but you know if the rules get massaged um for the best chance at being on the podium i don't think that's tyrell and and nancy i believe our number one ranked team is brett and jocelyn and, and they should be the ones to play and that's just the way i think think there's any shot warren that um assuming other countries around the world i don't know if they're you know as deep into this variant as we are um Will there be any shot that Canada says, okay, we're not sending anybody at all? Uh, and, and if they are, do, do they just go ahead and pick who they want? Is that what I'm gathering from what you guys are saying? Well, no. I mean, it's the Canadian Olympic Committee that makes this decision, and I can assure you that uh, they will not say we're not going to send someone. There will be a Canadian team there without question. And that's something we sort of lose sight of. Once trials are completed in this country for either men's, women's, or mixed doubles, those teams then become sort of under the thumb of the Canadian Olympic Committee, and it is them who will make those decisions. So for sure, there will be a team there. It's just a matter of how they're going to determine it. Uh, I was talking to Rob Falls yesterday, and he was waiting, like a lot of uh, people involved in curling and with Sportsnet, he was waiting to find out about the Alberta Provincials because uh, he was going to be out here for that. Uh, obviously, there's growing concern about that. Uh, Warren, what's going to happen with the playdowns for the Briars and the Scotties? That right now is probably the million-dollar question. I don't think anybody really knows. I also asked Curling Canada that question this morning as well, and they're not aware at this point in time of anything definitely that's happening anywhere. I just did a quick little sort of survey of my own on some of the websites of the bigger provinces. BC, interesting, are cancelled because of the rules are in effect here until the 31st of January. If they were going to do something, they have to get special permission. And I think they're trying to to work their way through that right now. But uh, officially at the moment, the BC playoffs aren't happening. In Alberta, the uh, men's championship is scheduled for Grand Prairie, 3rd to 9th. That's still scheduled to be happening according to the website. Saskatchewan, the women's in Assiniboia, January 5th to 9th. As of today, it's still on the schedule. No announcement, nothing happening. Same with their men's, February 9th to 13th. Manitoba, the women's, of course, is already completed. The men's are scheduled for Selkirk, January 25 to 30, and it's still on the agenda as of today. No announcement, nothing. And um, the same in Ontario. Nothing has, uh, has happened there at this point in time. So... It looks like right now there's probably a lot of discussions taking place in the boardrooms of all these associations, but no one at this point except for BC has stepped forward and said anything. But I would have to think it's going to be difficult to say the least for for most of these provincial championships to happen because of what's taking place. I just can't see how it can can be done. 
some provinces end up doing it and 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 two or three don't have the play downs again what happens with the with the national championship kev is it like do we go ahead and say well, okay alberta and bc aren't in it but we're still going to have a scotties and a briar Right. So you, so you have, say, say it's half and half just for easy math, <laughs> that half of the, the provinces have playdowns and half just select a team. Well, that's interesting. Um, you'd think from a national standpoint, you'd want to keep it somewhat consistent throughout the country. So, you know, like to Warren's point, there's got to be a million meetings going on in the back rooms right now. Like if, if some provinces, let's say, you know, three or four right now are definitely not going to play playdowns. Okay. What do you do? Do you just have everybody not, or do you allow half the provinces to have a playdown and half don't? And then people just meet at the nationals and, and compete. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's an odd situation, you know, and, and once again, we get back to the young teams that are trying to, to make their way in this sport and, and they're not ranked as high as some of the older teams. So if you don't play a play down, somebody's just going to get chosen. An older team, here you go back uh, again, and the young teams trying to sharpen their teeth getting into these events, you know, you're sitting out another year and even worse, there's not a lot of curling going on. So those young teams aren't progressing as quick as the old teams and, and that's that's a problem. That's uh, that you know that that's an issue that needs to be looked at because uh, this is the two years now, and uh, you know and uh, that's that's holding back a person that's twenty, twenty two, twenty four years old. That's doing a lot of harm to their uh, to their growth as a as an athlete. But I think uh, what's going to happen is if we get down to this, there will be some provinces or territories that are going to appoint people. In many cases, I don't think it'll be a surprise because uh, I can think of about three right now where I'll tell you who's going to be the winner uh, before they even start the play down. So it's not unusual. Also, the way the whole constitution is written with regard to these provincial championships and the Briar and Scotties, it is up to each province territory to determine how they're going to quote, select a team to represent them. And there is nothing to stop any of them at any given point in time, if that's what their constitution in the province uh, says, to appoint a team to go. They don't have to hold a playoff. So it's open as to what they can do. It's a matter of what they choose to do. Well, and then you got the whole thing, fellas, with what happens with the world. You know, what, what's the drop dead date uh, with this COVID thing? If you're, if you're trying to run the world championships... Yeah, it's no question. I mean, we've got this event in Las Vegas. I'm involved with the men's worlds, and we're we're just sitting there in neutral right now. We've we've done very little at this point as as a committee uh, because we just don't know. I think we're going to maybe reconvene in, in a discussion around the first part of February to sort of say, okay, where do we sit or or where are we going? But I think the big issue, certainly with this event in Vegas, and certainly with these events in Canada, who are dependent upon crowds attending these events to make them successful. I think that's going to be a really difficult one to to even begin to de- determine uh, in the next month if, if that's even going to be allowed and to what degree it is. So the next month is going to be a really challenging time for all this stuff. And I, and I think we're not going to know a lot uh, in the near future. Well, if provinces are trying to figure out if they're going to have their playdowns, imagine if you're the IOC right now, International Olympic Committee going, we're not even sure we're going to have an Olympics. I mean, it's... When do you think they'll make that decision, Kevin? Well, that's going to have to be made pretty soon, within the next oof, 10 to 14 days, because uh, um, athletes are going to want to arrive in Beijing 
you know, well, or, or near there. I know I understand that the athletes may not be allowed to enter Beijing till just before the event, but you want to get acclimatized. So I'm not exactly sure if the athletes are all going to go to Vancouver or in uh, or uh, the Western seaboard if you're in the U.S. or or over into Japan or, or South Korea. It, like they're figuring out, you know, how, how how do you do this? Because you don't want to walk into Beijing one day before you start curling and you're on New York time on Eastern time zone. Oh, my goodness. You know, turn you inside out um so you know these are these are decisions that uh, are gonna have to be made pretty soon because uh, people are gonna start traveling and getting prepared like they're, they're saying here warren no no gatherings you know maximum six people like 30 percent capacity at places of worship and i mean it's just getting stricter and stricter you know so um, under those how do you pull off an olympics The whole issue is, again, it's China, and we know that they do things a little differently. I mean, they've already let it be known if you catch COVID at the Olympics, you're going to be put into isolation for five weeks. And we've heard what isolation is like over there. So you're subjecting yourself to that as well as a possibility if you go over there. Maybe the logical thing to do is the same thing that happened to the summer games. Maybe they just postpone it for one year. Uh, maybe that's the thing at this point in time will make the most sense because all indications would kind of be now this might be the last big hurrah for this virus and uh, we may be kind of through it by spring and maybe next February we could hold a, a quite successful Olympics from everybody's point of view. So maybe that's the answer. Maybe that's part of what they're looking at right now. Hard to say. Uh, so I guess we can call this the COVID update show. Um, not one of our favorite shows, but we're going we're gonna to keep you posted. Uh, as best we can of course it's ever changing uh the rules but uh, we appreciate you guys listening and 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 tuning in and and we'll do our best to bring you those updates uh thanks a lot to our sponsors sports interaction coyote tractor Goldline, nestle boost and meridian uh for sponsoring this edition and all the episodes of inside curling uh if you want to email us you can do it inside curling at gmail.com we'd love to get your comments and thoughts on this uh or or anything else Hopefully our next update is a better one. Uh, Happy New Year, everyone. Stay safe. And uh, who knows what uh, lies ahead for 2022. But let's keep our fingers crossed that curling doesn't suffer too much from this. So take it easy, boys. See you later, Warren. Kevin, take it easy, my friend. You bet. Thanks a lot, Jimmy. Everybody have a happy holiday wherever you are. Yes. Happy New Year.